0: This is the Matt Report podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to season five this episode of the matt report is brought to you by pagely pagely where we help big brands scale wordpress it's enterprise wordpress hosting in the amazon cloud if you're building big powerful wordpress websites for your clients you need big powerful hosting and pagely delivers i use pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops so i trust their service and i have no issues recommending them to you look i only bring on sponsors that i trust and who else trusts pagely verizon ebay Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. Here we are, the halfway mark through season five. Uh, we're going to talk all about SaaS. SaaS businesses, that recurring revenue, that membership model, uh, that money while you sleep kind of thing <laughs> that sort of everybody wants to do once they sort of either mature out of the sort of traditional plugin space or maybe they're doing sort of like info products and educational products, that kind of thing. Uh, but SaaS is really where a lot of growth is seen in the sort of typical sort of venture capital world the typical silicon valley stuff that we see it's all sort of these sas driven companies and if you haven't listened to the mid-roll uh bumper episode in the middle of this on MattReport.com/slash season five there are going to be two new hosts that are going to carry you all the way through the last six episodes of the matt Report season five cory moss sam brody two gentlemen who, who are getting into the sas business themselves and uh, that, what we're doing here is shaking up the uh, network a little bit. Shaking up the Report network a little bit. Trying to get in new voices, new angles uh, to just... ...give you, the listener, a different, just something new... Uh, ...so it's not always me and get some different takes from people. If you really like this stuff, let me know. Tweet to me on Twitter... ...or if you don't want to tweet to me on Twitter and tell me something out in public... ...mattreport.com slash contact. I'm also looking for a new talent, new a new cast of characters to bring under the umbrella of the Matt Report Network. If that's you, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast... Reach out to me, mattreport.com slash contact. Thank our sponsors. Thank Corey and Sam for taking this, uh, taking this by the horns through the rest of the season. Hope you enjoy it. And today we're talking to Brian Castle. I've known Brian for quite some time. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this know who Brian is. He started a company called Restaurant Engine, sold it. Uh, that was a SaaS business. Now he's moving into Audience Ops, which was a productized service, but now he's getting into SaaS uh, with a content calendar that he's creating. I've actually had a chance to take a look at it. It's quite, quite interesting. Uh, It's still in its early phases. I think it's going to be a really big uh, competitor to a lot of the big known companies that are out there, like Buffer App, for instance. It would sort of take that head on. Meet Edgar, take that sort of head on. So I'm really excited for Brian. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's get into it. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms was the first commercial plugin I ever purchased for my agency and I've been a loyal customer ever since. When I see the annual renewal charge come through for Gravity Forms, I don't cringe or second guess keeping it in our toolkit, I'm a proud customer. Gravity Forms is not only a great example of a successful WordPress product, but a product that helps me become successful at what I do. See, it's more than just forms. It's a survey tool. It's an online payment transaction. It's the cornerstone to automated marketing through their Zapier add-on, and the list goes on. If you're looking for a contact form that's more than a contact form, check out Gravity Forms at gravityforms.com. That's gravityforms.com.
1: Welcome everybody. I'm Sam, and I'm with my co-host Corey. And today we're talking with Brian Castle from Audience Ops. How's it going, Brian?
2: Hey guys, how, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, and uh, and thank you, Matt, wherever you are, for, <laughs> for for hosting us all on your podcast today.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks, Matt, and uh, thank you, Brian. So to start out, can you give us a quick overview? You've you've kind of changed businesses a lot in the last couple of years. You sold your productized web design business, uh, restaurant engine, and then launched audience ops, which is done for you blogging. And now you're transitioning into a SaaS that's kind of complementary to audience ops. So can you give us a, a quick rundown of your history and what you're working on now?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and I think I've, I've been on the show with Matt, uh, at least a couple of years ago, maybe twice. Um, so there are some back episodes here where I talked with him all about Restaurant Engine. Uh, but yeah, but in in a quick nutshell, I I come from a background as a web designer. I I worked with I still work with WordPress quite a bit, and uh, and that's what led me into building the Restaurant Engine business, which was essentially a a website uh, design service, kind of a SaaS, kind of a productized service uh hybrid for as you guessed the uh, the restaurant industry. I worked on that for about 4 years or so. Um and then I sold that business in 2015, uh right in the middle of 2015 and around that same time I started Audience Ops, my current business, which is uh it's a it's a content marketing company and it started out and it continues to be today um focused on the productized service where we do done for you content and blogging for for uh for all sorts of businesses but mostly software and productized services and and uh b2b clients that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and this year in 2017 we we are starting to expand the product line a little bit uh, mainly with um our new saas product called Ops Calendar um and that's going to be or that is it's actually launching right now as we speak so uh, probably by the time this this publishes uh you know we'll be having we've had beta customers in it for the last couple of months and um we're just inviting you know live public customers now um and so basically ops calendar is a content calendar tool uh it has some smart features built into it like um like smart checklist templates uh that kind of automatically assign due dates and people to to tasks as you're producing a lot of content or if you're producing a podcast or something like that. Um, It's got some analytics built into it so you can track traffic and conversions on individual pieces of content, which can be kind of difficult to do in Mm -hmm. Google Analytics. Um, And then the other piece of it is social media scheduling. So if you're scheduling out, let's say this podcast is coming out in like what, four weeks from now. If you want to schedule out a, a number of tweets and Facebook posts and things to promote it, you can cue those up starting from the date that this publishes and if things move around in the calendar then those social media posts move with it in other words you won't you know if you're using one of these other social tools it's very easy and we've run into this pain a lot of times in, in audience apps where you kind of jump the gun you, you send out a tweet with a broken link because the article hasn't published yet and so right. it the calendar kind of pulls everything together and keeps everything in one place um and just makes it, you know, really easy, streamlined, automated, uh, easy to collaborate with a team or collaborate with writers and uh, promote your stuff. So so that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Um, uh, But, you know, I, I think uh, one of your questions or maybe in that question was about are, are we transitioning from the service to the SaaS? We're actually continuing on the service. Like that's definitely going to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. it's even, it's even growing and and we're expanding that side of it as well. So, you know, like I said, we've been doing the productized content service for a while where our team of, of writers, you know, professional writers, we do the researching and writing for you. And we also publish it to your blog and we write and send your email newsletter and your social posts. And we set up your email automation and, and all that stuff, images, content upgrades, That's it's all included in that full service package. But now we're just also rolling out a new package called Audience Ops Express, um, where essentially we do all of that except for the writing. So if you do your own writing, or if you have a freelance writer, or even if other kind of content, whether it's podcasting or landing pages or slide decks, or you, know, you name it, um, you can just kind of send your almost finished drafts to us, and we'll handle all of the busy work, all the legwork to get it proofread, images formatted, uploaded, set up, scheduled, launched, promoted on social media, all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of like a unlimited model for for like a flat uh, monthly fee. And um, and so, yeah, yeah that, that's been going pretty well as well.
1: Are you concerned about launching that and the ops calendar at the same time?
2: Uh, it's a good question. Yeah. I'm I'm always a little bit concerned about, you know, launching too many things simultaneously, but, um, this is really just kind of like a spin on our current service. Um,
1: so it's pretty easy to operationalize in other words.
2: Yeah. Like the way that we've been rolling it out, like right now, as we're recording, actually, you know, you, you guys on this podcast are one of the very first people to even hear about this. I haven't, I haven't even talked about it on our own podcast yet. Cause it's so new. <laughs> um, but basically like my first step has been to just reach out to, um, former clients of audience ops Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're the first people to be invited. And we've had a limited number of spots for the service. Um, and then in the next couple of weeks, we're just rolling it out to a few more people from our email list and then opening it up to, to everyone. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's not the kind of thing that I'm, making like a big splash and same thing with the, with the SAS too. Like, you know, it, I think a lot of people make this mistake of, you know, you, you build it, you build it, you you spend months and months and months working on some new product and you put a date in the calendar and you say, that's the date that I'm going to open up the floodgates and open it up to the world and make a big splash and all this stuff. Um, I think that's kind of the wrong way to go about it. I mean, you should publicize it. Um, and you should talk about it before and as you're building it and after, but like what, what I've been doing is growing the early access list since, since before we started building it. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now I'm in the process of just inviting a small batch of people at a time. So we've, we've had a batch of prepaid beta customers and they've been in it for a couple months now, like this week and next week, we're inviting like five users at a time just to come in and and start their free trial. And then two weeks from now we'll, we'll, you know, grab another five people from the list and just slowly drip it out. Um, as we go through that early access list gotcha. and, and that's going to be the plan, like for the next probably a couple of months. And, and then we get into the really like, you know, marketing it to, to other people.
3: Mm-hmm. And how does that play into planning the launch of the product? Um, Like, uh, sorry, planning, you know, uh, most everybody in the SaaS space talks about uh, planning your launch, meaning count backwards six weeks and you start with teaser emails and uh, special deals and a countdown and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, how do you how do you plan to sort of marry the two? Uh, Yeah, so I I think I've been putting a lot of things in place
2: in terms of marketing, uh, like the new marketing site and a couple of like back end emails and things, but um, a lot, a lot of the more of that stuff will come later on as well in terms of like the launch discount. Like there, again, like there isn't really going to be one there. There was for the beta people. So the way that I did this, you know, stepping back and, and going backwards a couple of months now, I initially pre-sold it to a small group of people. So 15 people bought um, a prepaid spot to be in this, uh, beta customers group. And, and they each, each paid a small amount before we even wrote any code for it. I, I just kind of pitched the idea to them. Um, and that's what helped validate that. Okay. These people have, have paid for it. Like people are willing to pay for this product. That was enough for me to go ahead and and start investing in hiring developers and, and spending all this time launching it. Um, so then we've been building it for the past five months we invited those beta customers to start using it about 2 months ago um and and they for for prepaying they get access to the beta and they get the lifetime discount on the service um so that's like a small group of people but now going forward the early access folks um they're just going to get the regular price they're just going to be like the first ones to be invited cuz they're they're on the list for that. that um so yeah like right now we're kind of transitioning into public pricing 30-day free trial and then you know um so even
1: even your initial users are going to be converted to the public pricing is that what you're saying
2: uh they they'll be converted to paying users but they will like that small group of 15 people will get a lifetime discount that they bought it because they were early buyers of the thing
1: gotcha Um, So, I want to just kind of review the the path that you've taken since uh, I wanted to kind of focus on stair-stepping, which is a term that I heard first from Rob Walling. I'm not sure if he's the creator of the term, but that's where I heard it first, and that seems to be kind of what, what you've done. So, first there was Audience Ops, which was the productized service. And then you actually released a plugin called Content Upgrades, which was just a, a WordPress plugin that I assume you were using internally uh, for Audience Ops with your Audience Ops clients. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, that, that is how it started. And we actually have two plugins available now through our, our little side Plugin store um, mm-hmm. from audience ops. And so there, there's that content upgrades plugin. We created a landing pages plugin, which makes it easy to to fire up landing pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are both things that we've been using for clients. And and it makes it easy for us to go into any client's site and install our landing pages plugin and just be able to put up a, like a separate landing page without having to mess with their theme or anything like that. Right. Um, we're actually making, I'm building a third plugin right now, I'm working with a developer on an automated webinars plugin. Um, it, it's something that we're going to be using on on our own site to run webinars, and that'll become part of our line of, of WordPress plugins. And so the plugins have been kind of like a side thing, um, not a huge focus, and I don't talk a whole lot about them, but um, we're just slowly, like as we're building these custom tools for ourselves, I'm just adding them to this little lineup of plugins. And I think eventually, like right now we sell them individually. I I think maybe later in the year or something, we'll kind of package them into like a suite of of some kind. Gotcha. Um, yeah.
1: So, so then you got the service, the plugins and, and now the SaaS, And so that seems like a, a logical path and it seems kind of like you're building these tools for yourself first and then releasing them to the public after. But can you like confirm that and explain your thinking there if I'm wrong?
2: uh, Yeah. I mean, for, for, for the plugins and, and the SAS, yeah, the, that's how they both kind of originated. Like they like identifying a, a pain point. It That's where it always starts, right? Is we're trying to do something. We're really frustrated with the current solutions that are out there. There has to be a better way. And let's build our own thing that that's essentially how it is except with the case of the of the sass which is a thing that we're investing a lot of time and money into building it it can't just solve our own problem Mm -hmm. that's not enough for us to invest that much time and money into it it has to we we had to be really sure or i had to be really sure that that there's a market out there of people willing to pay for it and really use it and they have like a burning problem that that it can solve for them and i i went through a whole process of, of validating that and pre-selling and then even going going getting in touch with complete strangers people who don't know me and and really showing them what it's all about and getting feedback and, and going through that process before we wrote any code um and so that's been really really helpful Um. but yeah i think i i d- the other thing is that with audience ops like all these different products and all these different services and things, like at the end of the day, we are a content marketing company,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so that's what kind of ties all this stuff together. Um, and ultimately, like I've, I've built an audience, specifically with audience apps, I've, I've built an audience of of people who are interested in doing content marketing, either for their own business or they're doing it for clients. And so we have kind of a lineup of different products and services that. That can fit in in different areas of of doing content marketing, making it easy to start up, easy to launch, easy to scale up, um, mm-hmm. and and easy to manage.
1: Yeah. So, you're even though there are a lot of different offerings, they're all centering around one general market and one general need. And so, you're not you don't have to start from scratch when you launch a new product. You're stair stepping. Like, yeah. Like we yeah. said, and you're just taking the next logical step.
2: Absolutely. I think um, I'm a really big, anyone who's read any of my stuff knows that I'm a really big, uh, I'm I'm really a big fan of the productized service model. And and the reason why that is, is like the reason why we started with the productized service is number one, you could literally launch it in a matter of days. Um, I mean, this this audience hops express service that I just mentioned, it was kind of an idea that came out of a, a, several requests from clients for that sort of service. So I literally just put the the landing page together like 5 days ago and and I sent a warm email to like 30 people on our list mm-hmm. and and this week we have our first customers for it. Um and and we're starting to deliver on on those first requests. Um right. like that's how fast that you can launch a productized service. And so that's that's why I like to start there. Mm-hmm. Um rather than like starting with investing all this time and money into building a software um, because launching the service, number one, you can get it up quickly. Number two, you can charge for it right away. You don't have to wait for, for revenue later. You can charge right. more for it because as a service, you can charge more for it. So you can grow revenue really uh, quickly. And if it's a recurring service, the way audience ops is, then you can grow you know monthly recurring revenue pretty easily over a short period of time and so it wasn't until like eighteen months of growing that service that that I decided to okay, now we can start to invest some reinvest some of this into um in, into building a like a software product
1: gotcha and so was that was that path your plan from the beginning so when you launched Audi when you first launched audience Ops, the productized service, were you thinking? this far ahead even back then th- thinking okay i'm going to launch this product i service then i'm going to launch some plugins then i'm going to launch the saas and this is kind of the general trajectory that i want to take over the next couple of years or is it kind of evolved um, naturally
2: uh no i definitely didn't have this exact plan in mind from the beginning um I, yeah i i don't i don't really remember exactly it was like 2 years ago but i I did not know for sure that, that we would get into growing a SaaS. Um, I had some ideas for a while about doing a training product, which we are doing, like that's advertised on the site right now. And it's something that I've been developing. It'll be coming out a, a few months from now. So again, like that's another product, how to do con- like training for content marketing. It kind of fits in the content marketing focus of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, I thought that would be the only next product that we would do. Um, but sometime mid, late last year, uh, it, the, the pain points associated with, with managing the calendar and, and streamlining the process and tracking conversions and tracking traffic. Um, those started to all point to, okay, there, there's a really painful problem here. And I know that other people have it. We can build a product around that. Um, but no, I mean, it wasn't really, um, I didn't have this game plan from the very beginning, but, but I, I did have the plan of like when I decide when I left restaurant engine and I decided to start audience ops before I even knew what the business was going to be, I knew for a fact that I, that I wanted to start something for this type of audience. So mm-hmm. online entrepreneurs, B2B folks, um, people who I would go to conferences and talk Talk to like friends of mine and people who who I like talking to, people who listen to podcasts, people who um there there might be some overlap with my personal email list, like just that sort of audience I knew that that I wanted to start a business in that world, you know, mm-hmm. coming from selling to restaurants, which was you know uh not <laughs> kind your of an world. uphill battle yeah kind <laughs> kind of an uphill battle for someone like me um,
3: nice yeah, so so does so yeah. sort of say it back to you um you one picked an audience no pun intended uh that you could relate to more or maybe wanted to spend more time with um and two i think what what's interesting and i'd like to dig into a little more is uh you you started by solving one problem and then heard people kind of talking about another pain point that they had. And that's what has let you evolve over time. Um, is that correct? And, and, or, you know, how, how would you recommend for somebody who's going, okay, I want to stair step. I I want to start with services, but I want to get into, you know, products or whatever. How do I find these pain points to solve?
2: Well, just about picking, choosing the audience first. Um, I think it, it had it it has to check a number of boxes and it checked these boxes for me like it wasn't just about the fact that like i enjoy talking to these people and i'm and, and i'm friends with them anyway like that's kind of a side benefit of it um but really it's i i chose to get into a business that sells to that type of audience because they're they're easy to reach they're easy for me to reach like they're online mm-hmm. they're they're at the conferences that i go to they you know, they, they open emails, like restaurant owners don't open emails. (laughs) Um, So that was number one. Uh, Number two, I knew it was like a growing market and it's growing in many different directions. And so I knew that there was kind of room to grow there. Um, And, uh, and, and it's, and it was a good fit for me personally. Like I I have a personal connection and I have personal inroads to this audience. You can relate to
3: them. You already speak their language. I I can relate to
2: them, but it was also like a shortcut. Like I already had a personal email list of people who are connected to this audience. So, and, and I already knew I'm already in these communities. So I know exactly where to go to talk to these people. Um, you know, and that was like a challenge for me with, with restaurant engine, especially early on was like, I'm a complete outsider to this world, you know? And I, and I had to try to find my way in, but still I was an outsider most of the time. Um, Gotcha. And so I, I think it's important to look for those shortcuts, like whatever you're doing, if you've been doing client work, um, look at the, your current client roster. And maybe not every client is like going to be the dream client for your next business, but just look for the places where you have some unfair advantage. Um, whether it's it's a particular industry that you have some insider knowledge about, or you've built a product for a client in that industry and you know, the the ins and outs of it, or you know, the types of questions to ask, you know, the questions that they're asking you, like any sort of insider information that you have, like that's going to be your best foot forward, no matter what you're trying to do. Makes sense. Um, yeah.
3: And then, and then what about, you know, looking, looking for problems to solve? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think,
2: I think it, um, like for, for us, a lot of it, it has been kind of scratching our own itch, but, but then validating that other people have that itch too. Um, I mean like audience ops in the very beginning, the, the, the way that audience ops came about was, uh, I was doing content marketing to promote restaurant engine for, for years for the whole time. It, that's the primary way I was marketing it and, and growing it. Um, and it took me literally like four years to figure out the systems of hiring writers and putting VAs in place and, and systems for doing email marketing and social media and coming up with topics to a point where I was completely removed from that whole process. Um, and that was just running every week it took me years to figure that out and then i started to talk about that and teach that i would speak at conferences about it i would write about it on my blog and and then i started to get question after question after question like how did you do that what about this part or how how did you do this and and like man if if somebody could just do this for my business mm-hmm. and and then it was like i mean people are asking for it like that's a cl- obvious you know mm-hmm. um it, so so when I was looking for a a business to start, I mean early on I I was I wasn't really crazy about the idea of getting into a content writing business cuz I don't want to be writing content, but I have built a service before with processes and I can put people in place and I kind of knew how to do that that whole process. So um so I I went for that and that that's what led to the content piece and then as we started planning lots and lots of content for lots of clients every week, then our own pain point of managing a content calendar and reporting to those clients on traffic and, re- and looking at our own traffic from content, um, or even just planning my own podcast and, and things like that. Like, um, you know, the process of of having a writer handle certain pieces and then sending it to an editor and then sending it to a VA and sending it to a designer, an audio editor, whatever it is, like getting all these people on the same page and following the same process every single time week in, week out, like that started to be a chore because we we've got like Trello in one place. We've got spreadsheets over here. We've got Slack. We've got Google docs. We've got WordPress and it just kind of became a mess and things would fall through the cracks and, and things would be delivered late. So, so that's where this idea for the calendar kind of started to come together. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of uh scratching our own itch, but then, I spent a lot of time, like I said, like validating that the pain exists and, and that I can go out and reach people who, who actively have that pain. So, um, uh, like I, I did a number of things there. I, I surveyed my audience multiple times. Um, I did one-on-one calls with many people who, who filled out those surveys. Uh, and that's, that was really helpful and that's what helped attract the initial beta customers. Who who prepaid for, for that product before it was built.
3: And you got them um, to pay but, for it, which, like you said, is, is probably one of the, the biggest ways you can validate, put your money where your mouth is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I was I had the ideas put, put in together. Like first I would just describe it to someone, and then I'd get some feedback, and then I would create the wireframes and then show them that, and then get more feedback. And then I it was the idea was developed to a point where it's like, all right, here's basically what it's gonna be here's kind of the timeline of when we would build it you know um and and basically i'm asking you to to prepay for a spot to be in this early customer group but the other thing that i wanted to do was validate that i can get it in front of complete strangers and get feet and at least reach them about it so what i did was i would go on to twitter and facebook groups and search for people who are um asking questions about like content calendar tools, you know, and, and I found lots of people asking like, has that, any, does anybody use a tool for managing an editorial calendar or planning a content calendar or planning a marketing campaign? Like, um, and I found lots of conversations and people on Twitter and, and, and Cora and other places like asking these questions. So I would literally just go onto Twitter or go into the Facebook group and like private message them, complete stranger, like, kind of stalky, a little a little bit weird, you know. Um, but I would send them like, hey, you know, you, you asked this question, you know, like we're, we're developing something like that. Um, I'd love to pick your brain. And I mean, not everybody replies, but I got like a handful of really good replies. And some of them I got into like these long email conversations, a couple of phone calls, a couple of like, you know, Facebook messages back and forth. And, and um, just people are like, oh, wow, like, that's, that's what I've been looking for. That's, you know um being able to move things together and and not uh, you know sh- moving things around the calendar with the checklist tasks and with the social media tasks like my current tools don't do that so um i've been getting a lot of feedback like that which has been really helpful and that's that's what helped me kind of pull the trigger early on to to go ahead and, and invest in doing it i mean this is all I'm, I'm bootstrapping this i've been bootstrapping it since day one self-funded so um I don't just, I I've done this a couple of times now where where like now if I start something like I have to be, I either have to, it either has to be so small that I can launch it really, really quickly, like in just a couple of days, or if it's really big, then I'm going to go through a long period of just validating that it's worth the time.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, and I think, I think your overview of your, of how you validate and how you move from, or how you choose your next step is really helpful. Um, so I I think we've, we've kind of covered that material pretty well at this point. And now I want to bring it, I want to link in WordPress a little bit because this podcast is, uh, WordPress focused. So, uh, the audience ops calendar uh, or ops calendar will be able to post directly to WordPress. Is that right?
2: Uh, yes. So we just finished building the, um, It's like a two-way WordPress sync with, Mm -hmm. uh, with ops calendar. So basically the way it works is you install our plugin for, for WordPress that connects to your ops calendar account. And so any posts that you have in WordPress will show up in your calendar. And as you schedule them out to future dates, they'll be dropped into your calendar on those dates. Anything that you create in your calendar will automatically create a draft in WordPress, um, You can sync the status from both. So so from the calendar itself, you can change it from draft to scheduled to published. Same thing in WordPress, as you change it there, the status changes in in the calendar. If you drag something around the calendar, the the date changes in WordPress. Um, Nice. The the title syncs, the permalink syncs. You can save the permalink in the calendar as well. Um,
1: You're still gonna be doing the writing in WordPress though?
2: Yes, so we didn't necessarily want to create like a like a writing tool like a. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to replace a a writing tool like WordPress or like Google Docs or something. Um, it does like in the calendar. It does have a notes section where you can mm-hmm. jot down like an outline or links or notes to use in in the uh, in the blog post. And so what happens is if you create the the new article in the calendar first and you've, and you jot down some notes there, then it will automatically create the post in WordPress and it'll carry in those notes into WordPress. Gotcha. Uh, but then you can start to like write the rest of the article in, in WordPress.
1: Yeah. And is WordPress your only connection? And if so, why WordPress and how, how is WordPress fitting into your, your marketing strategy and your product strategy?
2: Uh, Yeah. So, Well, currently it's the only like direct integration like that, but not, not all users use WordPress. Like you don't have to use WordPress in order to use the calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a standalone tool. Um, uh, So it can, it can work with other, any, any website too. The other piece of it is that we have, um, we give you a website tracking code, like Mm -hmm. just like Google analytics, you know, it's a little piece of JavaScript you drop on your site and if, if you're in WordPress, you could use our plugin to just like check a box and it automatically puts your tracking code on your site. Um, but if you're not, if you're on Squarespace or some other website, you know, we give you a tracking code to put on your site. And then what happens is in your calendar, it'll show you traffic stats and conversion stats for each individual blog post,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that it gathers that. So, so in that sense, you can kind of connect it to any website, um, I mean down the road in the future we might do a more direct integration with squarespace we've had some requests for that um but i mean right now, like wordpress was by far the most requested integration and, and like we would definitely need that for ourselves and for most of our clients right. so um that may, like we spent a lot of time building that um
1: yeah it sounds like a pretty tight integration so yeah looking forward to seeing how that works
2: yeah i mean in terms of like Promoting it through WordPress. Um, I don't know that we're going to do a whole lot there. I mean, obviously we'll promote the fact that it does sync with WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like the WordPress plugin is not really useful unless you have audience ops calendar connected to it. Right. Um, so it's just kind of a, a download that you get when you open your calendar account. So in that sense it's 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 really being marketed as like a standalone content calendar but it does sync directly with WordPress.
1: Gotcha. All right, so we're I think over the half hour mark, but I want to kind of ask one more uh one more kind of summarizing question, which is do you have any warnings for people who are thinking about taking this stair-stepping approach or advice? Or any, or, or yeah, or words of wisdom. Yeah, the warning is like, don't do it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just
2: kidding. I mean, I think I'm guilty of this all the time, and that's just being over anxious and trying to move way too fast. And I think it's good to be really active and to and to take action and to just throw stuff at the wall and try try building things and try launching things and try selling things to customers. Um, it's really important that you do that and you don't just spend all of your time consuming content and not really taking much action.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but on the other side of, of things, just just always remember that like we have so much time ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. um, I have to remind myself of that all the time. Like, there's so many things I want to launch or I want to do. I want to I have some ideas for how to grow it and and it can become this, it could become that. But that could happen next year. That could happen two years from now. There's no rush, you know. And and I think it is important to do the stair step approach where, um, whether you're just starting out like sent re, like releasing an ebook, or a WordPress plugin or a simple WordPress theme. Um, I personally i I really think that a productized service is a really good first step, especially if you've been freelancing or consulting, um, because You can you can take what you've been doing as a freelancer or a consultant and reform that into a productized value proposition. And that can be that bridge. And it has been that bridge for me through several businesses now Mm -hmm. between paying like billing for your time by the hour into building up an actual business with other people and a brand and an audience. And once you have that. Once you have once you've built credibility in that you solve a, a particular problem for a very specific market then you you know you asked about finding those problems to solve it starts with understanding who you're who you're working for who like instead of serving everyone and anyone who comes to your door and asks for a website to be built if you start to only serve one market and really just solve their pain solve their pain and and listen to them, that's where the, that next step or that next product comes from is like, okay, you've, you've been doing this service for dentists and now they're asking for some variation of that. How can you serve a different segment of that with perhaps a, a more passive product?
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I want to circle back to one thing that you said, which is that there's plenty of time. And I think most people or a lot of people, myself included would be like, Okay, sure. There's plenty of time, but if I don't do this now, then someone's going to beat me to the punch, and I'm going to launch these features after someone else has already launched these features and be too I, late to the party.
2: I I do want to be clear about about that because this is something that I think about a lot. There's plenty of time in in the big picture, in the, in the grand scheme of things. Like you can start if if you've never launched anything before this year, just make it a goal to launch a super simple. WordPress plugin or a simple WordPress theme. Like if you've never sold a digital product before and you're a WordPress person, that's a really good place to start. That's where I started. I sold WordPress themes before anything else. Um, and and like so, that's really small. That's not a SaaS. A SaaS is a huge thing to to launch,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. Um, so you could do a digital product like WordPress theme. You could do a simple productized service, something like that. But where where you want to go fast? And you want to have a sense of urgency is once you've decided like, okay, I'm going to build and launch and sell a WordPress theme. Then in my opinion, you've got to be like, go, go, go. Like that thing has to ship. Like mm-hmm. there, everybody takes way too long to ship things. There, It has to be perfect. It has to be pixel perfect. Um, it has to have every feature that everybody has ever asked for that I want to be in this thing before I could even release it to the world. Like No. You know, I mean, um, this calendar product that we're launching, it's a SaaS, so it's pretty complex and it has a pretty big feature list. It's it's not a simple tool, but we're launching it to paying customers, to public paying customers in six months. And everybody that I showed it to early on was like, this is going to take a year or more to build. And you know what? The whole product vision will take over a year to build, but we're only launching like half of it right now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just good enough. It has only the core the most core features that are necessary. Um, and there's more that we'll add later, and, and that's and that's fine. But um, you know, it's it's a minimal viable product, and then it's even version the public version one should be, you know, pretty stripped down. Like I, I like to think about it like fifty or to eighty percent there and and it's never really fully finished. So
1: gotcha. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time and joining us and I think I've learned a lot. And uh if people want to reach out to you or find you online, where can they do that?
2: Uh yeah, so my company is audienceops.com and the new calendar product is uh, is that opscalendar.com. Um my uh my personal site is castjam.com. That's where I have uh my personal newsletter, blog, Um, I write about productized services a lot. I have a free, uh, productized crash course there. And then I sell a a course called productize. Um, and then I co-host a podcast with my buddy, Jordan Gal. That's a, uh, bootstrapped web. So, uh, so yeah, that's where I am.
1: Cool. Oh, thanks a lot.
2: Thanks guys. It's fun.
0: That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains. Whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on The Report Podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast. Leave me a five-star review if you enjoy the episode. I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.